0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga Speaker Series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome back to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. Good news today because you're going to get like double down on the yoga business coaching with my guest of the day, Michael J. Welcome, Michael.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
0: Oh, it's so good to have a, a, a colleague, a peer to talk to. I love this. Um, folks, I'll introduce you. If you haven't had the very good fortune to meet Michael yet, Michael is currently based in, well, currently for quite a period of time, based in Vancouver. Um, so, you know, we have that like kindred spirits thing. What do they say like?
1: We do, actually, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Apparently,
0: apparently we do. So um, let me read a little bit of your bio, Michael, so that people can get a better sense of who you are and what you're about. So, folks, Michael is passionate about balance. He experienced it from a very young age, being born to a hippie artist mother who taught him to express his creativity, passion and love of yoga and a businessman father who showed him the importance of building relationships in life and in business. These two influences set him on a lifetime trajectory balancing the fine art of marketing and design with wellness and self-care. Michael has been a studio owner himself for over 12 years and he took that business to the point where he sold it on to a teacher who worked for him and now uh, is in fact a teacher at that space as well as other places around Vancouver. He also supports yoga studio owners with their businesses and as we'll talk about later has some great resources for newbies into the yoga business space particularly around social media we're going to have such a good conversation that's, Michael. Your,
1: that's your area for sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um so where do i want to get started with you hmm well, can we start with um because i i honestly i think that I feel the same way about nurses and about people who, like events managers and people who work in hospitality. I'm so grateful that there are people in the world who feel called to open a yoga studio because it is not my Dharma at all. And yeah, yeah. if it wasn't for all of you guys, I would just be practicing at home, which is good, but not the same. So it's what, brave. It's totally brave. I want to know more about that. Like, what yeah. what was the impetus originally for you to to take that big step to open a studio? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, I, I had no interest. Like a lot of teachers, I had zero interest in teaching yoga. People um,
0: yeah, say this all the time. Yeah, yeah, and I
1: really did. In fact, I had a huge fear of public speaking, like stage fright. All <laughs> of that. So I, I had all of that and uh, so it was really about the yoga I um a, a yoga studio opened up close to where I well actually I started y- yoga as a young age with my mom yes and, uh, yeah hippie mom and so you know my my party tricks was doing lotus pose and walking around the room on my knees and that kind of thing so <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: uh, <laughs> you had no hope this has always so go- happened to you
1: <laughs> exactly, and then and then years later. So I I ran a marketing and graphics company for many years. Did really well with that. So my life was stress and deadlines. Oh. And really helped with running a yoga studio for sure. Yes. Uh, but my mum uh, took me to a yoga retreat years later. Years and years later, took me to a yoga retreat, and it was this instant reconnection to it. You know, it was like I I from a childhood thing. It was just like this. Yeah. I, this is it. This is my thing. I've got to get some more of this. And so I started looking around for yoga studios and I started taking uh, gym classes and rec centers and what have you. I wasn't quite, you know, finding what I wanted. And then a, an Ashtanga yoga studio opened up in a small town out on the outside skirts of Vancouver um, and literally opened a block away from me. I'm like, okay. So I went there and I started, I started going to these classes. that are really hard and, but really got into it. And um, so my teacher Maureen um, at the time, Maureen Fruer, um, she was a you know hardcore Ashtanga teacher. And I was like asking too many questions. I was so curious about everything, and I'm just asking, asking, asking. And then she just went one day, Michael, just take your teacher, take the teacher training. So I took the teacher training with no, I mean, I was running my own graphics company. I had no. Wow, I, I would t- take this path, so I uh, took the teacher training, got hooked, um, and had a knack at it, and after afterwards, um, so I was you did doing: good
0: teacher training.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, at the time, yeah, this is this is I mean, this is old school. this is before things softened with Donafari and
0: give us, a, what, what, give us a year, give me a benchmark. What sort of when are we talking that you would have done that?
1: The, uh, it would probably be 18 years ago. 18 19 years ago yeah, yeah.
0: right yeah. i think you know uh, the ashtanga was just sort of really kicking off here in the 90s like
1: yeah well it was the night and I, I think there was mostly ashtanga going on at the, that time i mean it was sort like, of controversial
0: was, too when i think yeah, controversial was
1: yeah and then uh, and then donafari softened people you know with the breathing book and, yes. uh, and things started taking um a little bit more note on anatomy and what the effects of yoga is doing us on us in a good way and in a bad way yeah um, you know all those jump backs to plank pose you know for a lot of people a lot yeah. of SI injuries right yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um so where were we going with this um okay, so you did yeah, the this so, training yeah. you, got
0: hooked. you had a knack for it yeah
1: so, so then afterwards, um, I apprenticed under my teacher for ah. a year, and there are you don't hear apprenticeships no. now.
0: No, only she in was, only in some traditions. Yeah, yeah.
1: And she apprenticed under her teacher, mm. and I apprenticed under her. It was really difficult. She was so hard. <laughs> I mean, I still have the forms, the written assessments. Michael, you're saying this word too much. Michael, you're doing this too. Much. Michael, don't do it. I still have all of that. And it's quite funny reading back on it now. But she was bang on. And uh, yeah. so, I, so I did a year apprenticeship. I started teaching beginners, which is the hardest thing to do. And one of the things I'd recommend all new teachers do, because uh, you've got to know your stuff to teach beginners. Yeah. and uh, And so then... Uh, I was running my business during the day and then I was teaching at nighttime and oh, I was a graphic design. I had all these campaigns. I was doing hospital lottery. So I always joke that I was selling greed during the day and doing yoga at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> so the balance
0: um, that you talk about, right?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then, then, uh, so about a year or so later, she closed up the studio. She wanted to simplify. And so she moved and you know, into running classes out of our home. And uh, so we were all out of yoga work. Um, All of the instructors and I were kind of out of yoga work. And um, so I started teaching at a gym and in the evening and then the landlord from that had this yoga studio said, we can't rent the space. It's a big open space without walls. Like nobody (laughs) wants an office or what have you. Do you want this space? Would you, are you interested in taking it on? So I'm like, oh, okay. I did, and we opened up um, Open Space Yoga, um, OpenSpaceYoga.com. If anyone wants to check it out, and um, we opened up that, and really successful right away. You know, my marketing really helped with that, yes. and and, um, and then uh, within six months we outgrew the space, and then a building next door came available, and that was a beautiful hundred-year-old heritage building street front and so within six months I renovated two studios and uh, oh, yeah. managed you know managed to talk my landlord out of getting in, out of the lease and you know and getting somebody to replace anyway managed all that business stuff and opened up and then this beautiful thriving community just happened and not just happened but it yeah it just you know there was work in it but it's an it's just became an amazing and still is an amazing space and it's uh, probably thirteen, fourteen years on now that it's still existing, and
0: uh, oh, legacy. That, that's
1: that's how I started, and um, and yeah, and just just watching, and just got great teachers. I mean, you're only as good, your studio is only as good as your teachers. And so I mentored a lot of the teachers, and um, over the years, and and learnt how to. You know, we're talking about connecting. Um, we we I really learned that. The importance of that human face to face connection and that people wanting to be um noticed and acknowledged when they walk through the door. You know, yeah. we always say this, the hardest thing to do starting yoga is walking through the front doors totally the first
0: true. time, Yes, right?
1: And yes. say, you know, I've heard you talk about, it, you know, the picture of the yogis on the Yoga Journal magazine, and, you know, I don't fit into that. And so, you know, get through the doors, after that we'll take care of you, you know. Yeah.
0: And, I love it, and made to feel safe. And I, I say here in Australia, culturally, our, national, our biggest national fear is looking like a dickhead in front of other people. Like that is a, deeply rooted in the Australian psyche. Yeah. And I think yoga is coming to a big open room where you don't know anybody and you're wearing clothes that you might not have worn otherwise and the potential for looking like a dickhead in front of a lot of people is very high.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you keep it very real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So okay, so there's so much here that I want to yeah. pick apart more. The thing that strikes me first when you're sharing your story is that it's like you were it really sounds like that that epic tale. It sounds like the, you know, the, the pursuer of Dharma and that there was little seeds dropped along the way and you just you just kind of went with what seemed to be the next okay, the teacher said yeah. this, even though you weren't so pursue that. And then the landlord said this and so, and then the space and it was it feels like it you were just were following
1: the messages absolutely being open and not saying no to things and for sure i I ran for a year i ran um my design company and the yoga studio yeah wow and you know i think that's an important lesson to people that are jumping into things
0: yes
1: to to give up something and jump in is very very difficult but if you can manage to for a while until until the new one starts taking over um it's a lot less stress i mean it's stressful as far as a lot of work but um you're not having to manage
0: the whole weight of the world you know at once so i want to want to pick at that bit a little yeah, bit because yeah. um one of the things i see with uh and i'm thinking about a client of mine in particular in fact my own story what i was getting from my coach back at the back in the day was that um for people who are in corporate, when you choose to go into something else, yoga studio, yoga freelancer, people, you know, other people, folks who are watching different holistic practitioners, there's this sort of sentiment that you need to, that corporate is stale and boring and rigid and you need to abandon everything you knew and embrace your new life as like this kind of wellness, but in fact... I think there is such, if you have had a corporate position, bring those skills with you and let them infuse what it is that you're doing, which is what I hear you say about your marketing.
1: 100%. So my, my, my field was graphics and marketing.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so, I mean, for a year I was, well, I always did that, but I was able to, you know, very, e- it was very easy for me to market it, yeah. You know, for a lot of people, it's not easy. No, no. Right. But, I have good, you know, and I think from my, I had a very artistic mom and my dad was a barber, you know, who's very social and in a small town. And so I think for me, and also it helped being in a a smaller town, in a community. I'm in Vancouver now, which is a lot larger city, but in a community, in a smaller community, it's a lot easier to connect, you know, and that is connecting to your physiotherapist, your, your, Your massage therapists, your chiropractors, your health food store owners, you know, and going around and doing grounds, route, grassroots stuff of walking around, pounding the pavement, putting, printing your own posters, putting your posters up, um, you know, having a oh, com- right. knowing the copy store, phoning them up, can you get me these copies in an hour? Uh, oh, you know, that stuff is. If you live in a small community, it's wonderful for that, and you really have to make use of that. They are, all, all, you know, they're dying now, but you know the the message boards in coffee shops. I was and, just
0: about to say that I have a right? client who we we've done all this work about. I've done all this work with him about teaching him Facebook ad campaign and how to get more sophisticated and retargeting, and we you know his budget and return on the investment, and it's still a fifty fifty split between everything that he can get from Shri Sri Mark Zuckerberg. And one message board at a cafe in his local town. They're as powerful as each other.
1: <laughs> it's, abso- it's absolutely true. And, and I really believe in that because people are hanging out at those places, yeah. they're seeing them. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of we get, we miss that a lot now, I think. And one of the things is, it's not as easy as it used to be. There aren't as many message boards as there used mm-hmm. to be. There aren't as many people allowing you to put the posters in their windows and yep. have. But again, if you build those relationships up with those people and go, Hey, do you mind putting one of these in? And then if you've got something, please come over. We'll put it in your, uh, the studio window. And, you know, we always had a, a, a little community area in the studio with all the people I knew and believed in and could refer a physiotherapist. Oh, that's nice. right?
0: it's yes. like,
1: so it's, it goes back and forth. So yes. that stuff's very, very important. I think uh, the online is fantastic. And, I'm all about online, but I think, and I, I say to my clients that don't have the money and the budgets for marketing, for Ooh. advertising, yeah. if you don't have the money, you just got to walk the streets. Yeah. you got to pound the pavement more. Yeah. Right? I love so that. It's yeah. effort versus money.
0: Yes. And, and it's, and for me, I mean, I, back when I was teaching more regularly and doing the, doing the rounds and I had the list of these, are these are the 10 places in my town where I can put up a poster and, um, you know, quarterly I would do that. And it, it was nice having that connection. And I knew the woman in the health food store, and she would happily take down the old one and put up the new one and the organics co op. And actually, for, because it can be quite isolating when you're, particularly for freelancers who think it's me against the world to fill up my classes, yeah. having yeah. the massage therapist who wants to support you and you support back, it actually helps build that sense of uh,
1: community.
0: Yeah. And, and col- it's sort of collegial, like we're, we're, we're in this together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. Something else I wonder about too, Michael, is that that it's not just that you had the marketing and the graphic design skills, but that you had run another business. Because I think that um, a message that I don't, I don't know if you get this from your clients or in your community, but people say I did a yoga teacher training to be a yoga instructor, not to run a business, but in fact. Yeah. Like I like to say, well, when you decided to become a yoga instructor, in fact, you chose to become a small business owner. So you also walked into opening a yoga studio with a sense of, this is how you run a business, like some yeah, business document. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So you've got, to, you've got to be able to do your bookkeeping. You've got to be able to pay your taxes on time.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: you've got to be able to track all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so absolutely, definitely, um, haven't run in a business, It is a business, um, and the and a lot of people don't want to think about that. But try telling my landlord that with the lease and yeah. um, you know, the newspaper that I'm paying hundreds of dollars for ads in, and you know those yeah. things cost money. The instructors, you know, yeah. if you're you know if you're being fair in paying your instructors, that's not always cheap. Good no. teachers, good yeah. teachers are not cheap. Um, And if you want to keep your teachers, you've got to pay them decently. Um, So there's a cost to all of that.
0: But I also think that, and pardon me, I'm going to be very, I love the way that that you refer to it as being real. A lot of people will just call it being outright rude and disgusting. But I also think that, sorry, but F that. It's not just about covering costs. You also get to like have wealth.
1: Actually. Yeah, and I I love that you talk about that too. Yeah, yeah, abundance, right? It gets to be
0: more than just what you need. Yeah. Whether you want to give it to people or support other people, or just like I don't know, have ninety-eight goals, Rolls Royces. I mean, there have been people that have come before us that did express their spirituality with material abundance. Yeah. You know, I think it's a misnomer that well, you know, we justify earning because of expense, we justify income because of outgoings. But in fact, um, you know, one of my mentors says, if your business is only, if your business is not making enough to pay your bills and save, then your business is not making enough. Like I think this part of just recognizing I'm in business is, so I have a retirement plan. So I have some kind of saving system. So I'm not going holy fudge every time the tax bill comes in, because I have an account for that, that I pay into regularly. Like, it yeah. is sexy, I think.
1: Well, and there's, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about it being a brave thing, being a yoga teacher or, yeah. or you know, yeah. because um, we don't have a lot of benefits that regular employees and jobs have. You know, we really get screwed on that kind of stuff. You know, as a, you know, I'm teaching at yoga studios now, you know, other yoga studios, and you know that they can cut that class any time. Yes. Um, you know, and we don't have healthcare benefits Yes. Um, Medical, you know, medical. We don't have any insurance. Yes. 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 We're we're forging our way through life without a lot of those securities,
0: unless we choose to earn enough to create them for ourselves, which is what I think is the, the next evolution. In fact, there's no. Oh gosh, half the people that are watching are going to stop watching when Amy says this. Sorry, Michael, I'm doing this on your interview. I, I, there's, I don't think there's any spiritual merit in scratching it together. No, actually, I think no, there's no. there is a great boon in modelling to our students. This is what treating yourself well looks like. This is what yeah. being able to afford to rest and take vacation and eat, buy great food. This is what that looks like. And. And I'm going to model this as potentially an example to someone else in my class.
1: Yeah. And setting your intention of what you want. Like my intention is um, I'm enjoying right now. I'm, I don't have the studio uh, and the over my head. So now after all these years, I actually get to go to that space and enjoy it without all of that stuff. You know, I enjoyed it at the time, but right now it's a different time for me. Now it's for me, it's about building a life where I have flexibility. Yeah, you know, I want flexibility to travel, and so that's so that's my intention right now, right? So nice. building that life. Yeah.
0: So tell us about your business, and so so you're still teaching yoga, and you're doing that, but tell us about the consulting and the work that you do with yoga studios. What does that look like? What types of studios do you love to work with? Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, a couple of um, sometimes it's um, the best work with a yoga studio is when they're just opening. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so I've had that luxury a couple of times um, of working with studios that are just opening, yeah. which is amazing because you can really help people not make those mistakes that <laughs> I, I went through, right? I mean, I, honestly, I made over the, the 12, 13 years of owning the studio, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I made mostly great decisions, but there were times when we had recessions where I was twenty thirty thousand dollars 30000 in debt due to retail, Wow. um yeah and so learning about those experiences and yeah. so passing that stuff on and passing on that you need to have a formula you need to have a guide for running your studio um and it doesn't have to be a a 60 page document you know mine was four pages nice with my expectations of it. so What I found that um, so working with studios opening up and then studios rebooting so that I've made every mistake, um, every mistake possible, um, bad pricing structures, bad ways of paying instructors, um, you know, making lots of mistakes and then helping them a couple of times. Literally relaunch the business, cool. uh, in a in a new way that creates a little bit more profit, a little bit more structure for the owners. Yes. Um, you know, a studio needs to have a structure to it, uh, yes. and your expectations. And um, so, like I said, mine was four pages, and oh. so passing that information on to people is huge because um, that's just those four pages of four pages of mistakes I made in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Of, and, it's a, a and so for example, you know we're talking a little bit about connecting. one of the things that's in my in my booklet is um, I don't want my instructors stretching on their mat before class. I don't Ooh. want them to end up two minutes before class. I want them up front, by the door, by the cash desk, by the sign-in desk, welcoming people by their name when they come in.
0: Oh, yes, right. of course.
1: And, and so I've learned these things from having teachers that stretched on their mat <laughs> before class and not looking at their students yeah. when they walk in the door. And I think the biggest, biggest success to the studio was our ability, not just my ability, but everybody came in, you know, under my terms, but yes. um, was being up front and looking at a human being that took the time to, out of their day, to come to my class, which is huge. Mm. And, and, you know, and looking at them in the eye and saying, hey, I see you, I acknowledge you. I mm. acknowledge you that you've walked into my space, that you're in my presence, that I see you, you're a human being. People want to be acknowledged and noticed and recognized. Totally. And honestly, that, that time before and after class is as important to me, as important as the time on the mat.
0: I love that you're talking about this and I think that um, it's just so powerful and people you know, that I work with and they're all about retention strategies and email follow-ups and what can mind-body do to get people to keep coming back. But I think what you're saying is the most powerful thing. Like,
1: it's keep the keep class back. builder. Yeah. It's yes. the class builder. It really is. And it is. Um, I know, I mean, there's several hundred at the studio I teach in, or, you know, I used to own several hundred students. I know them all. Yes. Everybody, my class, I know by name now. If I don't, I will learn them. You know, it might, you know, I don't learn their name the first time they come, but if they come in on a regular basis, yeah. I make, yeah, and there's, tools, there's tools to help with that. And that is your mind body. If you're at the computer when they scan in and their name pops up, yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're right. it's right in front of you or if you've got a manual sign-in system look at the look at the piece of paper after they've come in and yeah. you know people what you know and that time of how are you you know how are you how's your day going i mean over 12 or 13 years, the stories, beautiful stories that you get to experience from these human beings that are regularly come into your class for me is huge. And so that acknowledgement, and I know when I'm in a class and I've got 25, 30 people in the room, I can go over, hey, Yvonne, can you straighten your right leg if I can't get over there? people, it's, you know, it's just like, we're all in it together.
0: I remember um, John Friend used to teach. There was something in the uh, Anusara immersion manual back in the day about part of your job was to make sure that everybody felt that they had like you had to make sure that you I'm, I'm paraphrasing but sort of had a contact point with everybody in a class. Like that was one of At the one measures point. that. Yeah, and it doesn't and and like I think what we're both um, not explicitly saying here, but what's inferred is that it's genuine. It's not absolutely kind of like right. you know okay I can tick that one off. But, but and and that it's um, that it's genuine and that it doesn't have to be profound. But the fact that you can remember someone's name or that you remember that she we worked on a knee thing last week that I can check in with, or he's got a wrist thing that I. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be genuine and um, authentic. And, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and being genuinely interested in them. Yes.
0: That, yes. And
1: and yeah. in their life and you know to to me teaching now I teach alignment based class alignment based class but I'm less interested in alignment (laughs) than I used to be you know that's that's not juicy for me anymore for me juiciness is the relationships on the mat it 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 really is and and so now my I have fun in my classes you know it's joyful I have you know I make fun of myself uh it's just joyful yeah. and people have come along joyful with me when I first opened the studio my intention was to create community and very quickly community happened and one of the things was a little different to a lot of other studios and I'm finding that now teaching in Vancouver mm-hmm. is it, that it's loud before my classes start people are chatting
0: oh. <laughs> they are they are that's not very ashtanga of you
1: it's not well i'm not an ashtanga teacher anymore really, but <laughs> but but it's 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 and at first i was a little bit freaked out by it and uh you know the people talking before class and and then i went okay i wanted community i have community and people are becoming friends within yes. the space yes. And and so if you go on my instagram michael jca j-y-c-a if you go on there there's some videos of some of my classes it sounds like a brew pub before (laughs) but it's groups of three people chatting here two people over here it's it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful so you know there's community within the studio we do community outside of the studio but there's real true community happening in the studio so it may not be the norm of what else is going on and you know i know i go to other classes and everybody's sitting there quietly and but for me, it's a beautiful thing.
0: And, and I yeah. think that these days, I mean, I can stream Jason Crandall and Rod Stryker and everybody else for like 20 bucks a month all day, every day in my lounge if I wanted to, but I can't yeah. get that. I can't get that.
1: You can't get that. And and relationships form even from that. Um, yes. Very quick story. Quick story. I had um, a, I had uh, a husband and wife coming for years together Um, they would come every Saturday morning. They meditate for half an hour together. They do the yoga class together. Several years later, she got cancer. Um, she kept coming through to yoga through the cancer. Their daughters would come with them too. Uh, it's just beautiful. Um, she ended up passing away. Then her husband kept coming through that process that he was going through. And he just kept coming, you know, he looked depressed. It wasn't the same. I just let him, left him alone, but he kept coming. Um, And so he kept coming and then you could see him coming out on the other side and, and just looking a little bit lighter, you know, a year in. Um, And then there was another woman who I watched her go through a divorce, another separation. So you see over long times, yeah. you get to see these profound things happening in people's lives. So then I have these two different people with stories that I know about. And then another um, student in my class introduced them both. They are so in love now. They're <laughs> two years into it. Uh, they come to class together. They yeah. They... Hold hands during Shavasana. I mean, <laughs> it's just—I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, if you're not paying attention to those things, what you're missing out on? What's happening stuff, in your space, right? Just—and that's
0: it's professionally rewarding too.
1: That stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just—it's absolutely beautiful. And uh, and and that's the other thing with a lot of new students, you know, on the terms of connecting. A lot of new—not new students, new teachers. Um, are not even looking out on their mat. You know, a lot of new teachers are, you come out of teacher training and you've got a flow in your head and you stay on your mat. And and so you're just doing your thing on your mat. But you're not actually looking at what's going on in the room. And that, to me, that's important. You know, that's, as a teacher, we don't just learn a flow and teach it, I don't think. Um, we can teach that way, but a good teacher, I think, looks around and sees what's going on in the room.
0: I think uh, it takes a level of It, it takes a little time. bit of practice, doesn't it? You have to it do a little time. bit of I, unless I'm doing this with my body at the same time, I can't cue it. Like, it
1: absolutely. That, that's not yeah, a absolutely, It takes time or turn your mat around. So you're facing them or True. something, but, yeah. um, but definitely that takes time. But I think that's one of the greatest gifts of teaching is that you're actually seeing what's going on and then you can go, okay, you know, someone's everybody's sinking in the shoulders in upward facing dog. It's a great learning opportunity, yeah. you know, to stop the class and
0: teach. Oh, my God, I'm on the same page as you on that one. And all of our vinyasa people will be thinking, I can't just stop the class, but I'm with you, Michael. I, oh, yeah. I,
1: that's my favourite thing to do. We do, we <laughs> do. Come <laughs> over,
0: come watch. Well, we could, my no matter been. how long you've been going,
1: you can always keep learning.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if we can take a, um, a bit of a detour here because this is yeah. something that I don't have experience with and you do. Um, if we think about this idea of building community, one of the things that, some of my clients um, that we work on, my studio owner clients, is that they started a studio, yeah. uh, things are going well, they're very grateful for the teachers that they have. It's been a little bit of a co-creation because it's new for everybody. And then they find themselves, they get to this point where actually, oh, I now need to step into the role of leader here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do I, I'm a yogi, I don't want to be a dictator, how do I actually foster community and with the teachers with the teachers yeah, that step yeah. into this role of actually this is my business and I'm in charge. There seems to be a discomfort yeah. with stepping into that role. How to
1: Yeah I, how I can take the easy thing? route out of that one and that is having um a higher the, my four page manual for that's that's for that's for you you're interviewed a teacher, you've got a good feeling from them. Here's how I run this studio.
0: This is going to blow people's minds. I'm, I tell my, I tell some of my clients that it's okay to just tell your teachers simple things. That like this is part, if you want to work here, you have to do these, and they freak out. Like,
1: no, oh, I think it a- makes it it makes it easy to have a structure. Yeah, so I agree. The, the, these four pages of whatever it is, you know, it's, and it could be, I want you to be at the studio 20 minutes before yeah. the class. Yeah. Uh, I want whatever your, exp- I mean, it's going to be different for everybody. Right. Um, I want the props to be tidy after class. Yeah. Um, all these things are important. So if you put down what your expectations are, what your needs in your f- little booklet, I call it a hand, like it's no employee handout. Yeah. And so it basically said, this is how I run the studio. If you agree to it, please sign at the bottom, right? And not that the signature means a lot, but it means that they have to it's a think through thing. it. And yeah. it's like, okay, so if you fit into the way I run this studio, you're going to be great. If you have a problem with any of these things, you're not a fit. And I know that not every teacher, I've let teachers go that just weren't a fit. I've hired a lot of teachers, um, but I've let a few go because they just weren't a fit weren't playing by my rules and if it's too difficult and too much work it's not worth it (laughs) yeah uh, yeah so so i say put your expectations out there up front this is how i run it and it takes a lot of pressure this you know it it could include at the end of the month, you know, invoice on the 30th of the month, we'll pay you on the, whatever your, all of your structure thing, put it out there in one blast. You never have to revisit again. You know, you don't have to, you know, and then when things aren't going right, well, can you, you know, it's a conversation. Remember when you first started here and we had this conversation about how the studios run, Yes, there's your hack up. If you don't fit into that, it's not a fit.
0: This is what yeah this is what we this is what we agreed to, and I think actually you this it frustrates me a little that um I don't know if it's that if it's the influx of the new wave and the new thought sort of stuff and and how that's mixed in with yoga, but in fact, I think that our tradition is very much about clear uh clear guidelines and adherence to them discipline yeah, yeah. so what I'm hearing you say is that. Uh, as the studio owner, it's your job to get clear on what you require, have the and and have the um, not being the the boss, but actually having the mm, almost like the um, the consideration for your team to be explicit in what your requirements are. Like they, you yeah. actually they deserve that from you. Yeah,
1: and and you want them to buy into what your mission and vision is for yeah them. yeah yeah your, your space. And so, for one of the examples is. Um, one of the newest studios I worked with, we started with mission and vision.
0: Wow,
1: nice. and, and that has become her guideline for, if it doesn't fit into my mission and vision, I'm not going to bring that program in mm. because, and I think that's important because, you know, when you're going through tough times, like recessions right. and mm. things like that, we start reaching for things, you know, uh, I'll, let's start a, a cardio fit class or you know whatever it is yes. we will we'll start reaching to try and find things that are going to bring money in because we're desperate yes. but if you're really clear then you don't have to do that reaching it's just like that doesn't does oh, this fit mission vision is this does this tell our story is this who we are
0: yeah
1: um, so i find that that really works but the the four pager booklet for me, you know, I, I have worked for a studio that had a sixty page booklet. Whoa. And it's the
0: Mahabharata of how to Well, run. That's,
1: too, that's too much. I mean, there needs to be an operations manual for the, but not for the for the studio, you know. <laughs> man, what was it? instructors. Holy
0: yeah. smokes.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, this instructors. It just needs to be simple, right? You know, make sure you lock the door, make sure you close.
0: <laughs> and what sure. like, I, I love that you said it gets to be whatever you want. So if it's check that there's enough toilet paper in the toilet paper basket, like you get to put that in there or make sure that you put a photo into the drop box after every class. You- right.
1: And it's, and it's important to know that it's a live document. The document yes. can change as yes. you learn, as you learn yes. and grow, you know, That goes into that document.
0: I love that. I I, I just, what you said before about you, part of your coaching is because you've done all the things not to do, so you can teach it. But I, you know, I think that's true when you have staff, you don't realize someone could fuck something up to that degree until they do. (laughs) Oh, if if we need to put that in the manual, who would have thought you could have got that wrong?
1: (laughs) Well, and then it is your expect, and then it's, you know, like, so one of the things was, you know, props, make sure the props look like, they need to look for the next class or for the next morning or whatever. So that when people, that was a big deal for me that the props look tidy. (laughs) It's To me, that's part of the practice. Like when people walk in, it needs to look nice and tidy. So I would come in some mornings and I'd be pissed off seeing, uh, seeing, you know, that looked like it just blown up over there. So my solution to that was take a photograph, text it to the instructor, it never has to be talked about They together. <laughs> <I laughs> so like this was part of our hiring agreement. This is not fitting into it. Come on, shake it up.
0: I think this is really powerful stuff. And I think, you know, it even, it goes to freelancers as well about how you interact with your students. If you have terms and conditions and then you're getting all like, oh, but I don't want to be a meanie. Well, if you, this is an agreement that you had, actually yoga supports you to enforce it. And you don't have to be an asshole. Like you can, be playful you can be light-hearted it's just about reiterating what what the agreement was
1: yeah the agreement and this is how the place is run and yeah. this is why people keep coming back because yeah. there's not yeah. dust, there's no dust balls on the floor and and you know the toilets are clean and people notice those things right so really yeah that stuff goes a long way to be upfront. yeah
0: this is such a good conversation. I <laughs> such a great guest. I hope everyone else is enjoying it as much as I am. Oh, my God, look at the time. Okay, so, folks, good news. Not uh, only, um, you know, do you have the very good fortune of listening to Michael and, and getting so like some seriously good wisdom and insight here. And also what I love what you're showing us is that um, like we were saying, folks, before we started the recording that Michael created this incredible space and he ran it for a long time and then he sold it for a profit, which is like, yeah, like yeah. you know, turning the wish fulfilling jewel from the milky ocean. It doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, go back, re listen, take more notes. And what I love that you're modeling here for us, Michael, is that you have been really successful in what you've done and yeah. you readily um, acknowledge that you've made mistakes along the way. And yeah, you're yeah, okay. yeah.
1: yeah and I hired coaches. um a lot business coaches along so i you know i when i needed help i needed help and one of the things was you know getting your price changing i changed my price pricing structure overnight and it changed my business and it saved my business (laughs) and yeah so I mean it took one of my friends who was a business coach to come in and look at my my board of pricing that had 50 class passes couples passes
0: (laughs) never heard I mean, of a
1: couple honestly i had it, it had it you know it's like okay i need more sales let's create another pack you know so all of that and she basically came in and looked at it and she went you got too many liabilities there mm. and i don't think people realize yoga studio owners realize that there are financial liabilities to the passes you sell um right and and that is that if you close your studio you really do and you have people have purchased a 50 class pass and they've got 40 left. Basically you owe them that money back. So you need to reduce your liability. So I changed my pricing structure to do that and overnight and focused more on the monthlies um, and the order renewals and overnight I changed my business and took it from uh, a, a business that was plugging along well to financially successful and, and as we said earlier, not many yoga studios sell these days. It's always like, please, please take this liability off yes. of my hands. And they basically hand it to another yoga studio yes. um, for free. That's right. Or um, what is more the case is going bankrupt and just closing up and, you know.
0: Having to sell so, the crops off just to offset the debt.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's what's happening with this corporate world of yoga going on right now. And uh, the smaller community studios not thriving and surviving like they should be. Um, And so you've just got to really figure out what your market is, figure out your pricing structure. Um, Like I said, changing my pricing structure changed my business overnight Mm. um, and um, made it into a profitable business that, um, one of my instructors purchased off of me and then I was able to pass that knowledge on and train him for a year and yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm, I am, we've been talking about discipline. I'm going to enforce it now because I, yeah. I, I could talk to you for hours and that would be in breach of our agreement. So um, <laughs> uh, what I want us to finish up on is you, have yeah. you've got an incredible free resource and I want everybody who's watching to go and get it. So, yeah. um, Michael has a one week guide for social media that you can reuse and reuse and it's awesome. And you were saying to me that actually this is about for people who are like, Oh my God, social media is like rock to be yeah. and it's going to consume my life and I don't know what to do. You've broken it down and got it. To be yeah. It's,
1: um, it. So what I find is um, this is not for anybody that's already rocky now, Instagram or Facebook and what have you. But what I'm finding is with a lot of my clients is, um, social media is overwhelming at first. Where do I start? What do I post? So I just created a, and uh, and I know a lot of the online plans are a month long plan and that's too much for a lot of people to think past tomorrow, right? So totally. this, this plan is basically, it's a simple week long plan. And I think social media is not just about selling. It's yeah. about it's about authenticity. It's about you. It so yeah. it's community. It's, and I think you rock this really well. Um, i think you're a great example of this um but uh, this is uh, it's just a, a simple week long um Maybe. page to follow that's got a little bit of lifestyle post a little bit of business post a little bit of your class post um so yeah michael dot com forward slash free free plan folks um, uh,
0: it's michael j spelled out so j a y online J-A-Y,
1: yeah michael j dot
0: com forward slash free plan. So if you're watching this on the business of yoga, there's a button hit that. Um, and if you're listening in on the podcast again, Michael MichaelJOnline.com forward slash free plan, I, uh, I, I like the humility of it's not for people who already know what they're doing. I disagree. Go get it because <laughs> even if it's, it's always useful to have a point of reflection, right? It's like going to yeah. a beginner's yoga class and as an, as an advanced yogi, huh? Yeah. That's a tweak I could make, or I never yeah. thought about it like in that. Or, yeah, Totally. Yeah.
1: And I want to say, um, I just think what you're doing is fantastic. I really, no, I just, I really want to take this moment to say that. So, I mean, I've listened to a whole bunch of your podcasts and I think, uh, you know, I come from the design world where we used to go to meetings and we'd hold, you know, everything. We wouldn't share anything, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, trying to get, we're trying to get the client and the contract, but we didn't want to give away too much information. And it's just a different time now of yeah. everybody. You know, and you're just. I, what I really like about you is just you're very amazing. You're amazing at just giving out information. You're very free with your information, and and I think that's just where we are now. And you're authentic. You're you. Um, so I appreciate what you're doing online. I think it's important. So
0: yeah. thanks, Michael. Yeah, that's very really generous of you person. to say. I folks who don't know, like when you do these videos, you have to have some pretty bright lights shining on your face so you're not sitting in the shadows. They make me blush anyway. I'm blushing even more now. (laughs) The pitter is coming out. (laughs) And, you know, I think it's just really great to, one of the reasons that I love having guests such as yourself on this series, like essentially we're working in the same space is because what I hear from so many teachers is, Oh, there's so many yoga teachers already. There's no one left from me. I can't fit in, but here's me and Michael showing you, you know what? you could have the mindset that why would I want to talk to this guy because he's my competition. But in fact, like collaboration is where it's at. Like sharing and learning from each other. And so thanks Michael for, for being another yoga business coach, holding space together with me because I think it's important for everybody to remember that, you can choose to perceive something as competition or you yeah. can get excited about collaborating. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. and le- I've learned so much from you from listening to your podcasts and really...
0: About my dating life, no doubt. i got to stop <laughs> over sharing. <laughs> hey, you keep it real. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to take, just take, just take that in, Amy. Sit me <laughs> Michael, thanks for being an amazing guest. Thank this you really so has been much, a yeah. Interview. Great. Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support, check out my six-month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growingyouryogabiz. Use coupon code Yoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste.